It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus chapter 9 part 5 of the general history of the pirates volume 1 this is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate McKenzie. The General History of the Pirates, Volume 1, by Charles Johnson. Chapter 9, Part 5. Sated at length with these pleasures, and having taken on board a good supply of fresh provisions, they voted unanimously for the coast of Guinea, and in the latitude of twenty-two degrees north in their voyage thither, met with a French ship from Martinique, richly laden and, which was unlucky for the master, had a property of being fitter for their purpose than the banker. Exchange was no robbery, they said, and so after a little mock complaisance to Monsieur for the favour he had done them, they shifted their men and took leave. This was their first royal fortune. In this ship Roberts proceeded on his design voyage, but before they reached guinea he proposed to touch at brava the southernmost of cape verde islands and clean but here again by an intolerable stupidity and want of judgment they got so far to leeward of their port that despairing to regain it or any of the windward parts of africa they were obliged to go back again with the trade wind for the west indies which had very near been the destruction of them all surinam was the place now designed for which was at no less than seven hundred leagues distance and they had but one hogshead of water left to supply a hundred and twenty-four souls for that passage a sad circumstance that eminently exposes the folly and madness among pirates and he must be an inconsiderate wretch indeed who if he could separate the wickedness and punishment from the fact would yet hazard his life amidst such dangers as their want of skill and forecast made them liable to their sins we may presume were never so troublesome to their memories as now that inevitable destruction seemed to threaten them without the least glimpse of comfort or alleviation to their misery for with what face could wretches who had ravaged and made so many necessitous look up for relief they had to that moment lived in defiance of the power that now alone they must trust for their preservation and indeed without the miraculous intervention of providence there appeared only this miserable choice viz a present death by their own hands or a lingering one by famine they continued their course and came to an allowance of one single mouthful of water for twenty-four hours many of them drank their urine or sea-water which instead of allaying gave them an inextinguishable thirst that killed them 
others pined and wasted a little more time in fluxes and apparexes, so that they dropped away daily. Those that sustained the misery best were such as almost starved themselves, forbearing all sorts of food, unless a mouthful or two of bread the whole day, so that those who survived were as weak as it was possible for men to be and alive. But if the dismal prospect they set out with gave them anxiety, trouble, or pain, what must their fears and apprehensions be when they had not one drop of water left, or any other liquor to moisten or animate? This was their case when, by the working of divine providence, no doubt, they were brought into soundings, and at night anchored in seven-fathom water. This was an inexpressible joy to them, and, as it were, fed the expiring lamp of life with fresh spirits, but this could not hold long. When the morning came, they saw land from the masthead, but it was at so great a distance that it afforded but an indifferent prospect to men who had drunk nothing for the two last days. However, they dispatched their boat away, and late the same night it returned, to their no small comfort, with a load of water, informing them that they had got off the mouth of Merriwinga River on the coast of Suriname. One would have thought so miraculous an escape should have wrought some reformation, but, alas, they had no sooner quenched their thirst, but they had forgot the miracle till scarcity of provisions awakened their senses and bid them guard against starving. Their allowance was very small, and yet they would profanely say, that providence which had gave them drink would no doubt bring them meat also, if they would use but an honest endeavour. In pursuance of these honest endeavours, they were steering for the latitude of Barbados, with what little they had left to look out for more, or starve, and, in their way, met a ship that answered their necessities, and, after that, a brigantine. The former was called the Greyhound, belonging to St. Christopher's and bound to Philadelphia, the mate of which signed the pirate's articles, and was afterwards captain of the ranger, consort to the royal fortune. Out of the ship and brigantine, the pirates got a good supply of provisions and liquor, so that they gave over the designed cruise, and watered at Tobago, and, hearing of the two sloops that had been fitted out and sent after them at Corvacou, they sailed to the island of Martinique, to make the governor some sort of an equivalent for the care and expedition he had shown in that affair. It is the custom at Martinique for the Dutch interlopers that have a mind to trade with the people of the island to hoist their jacks when they come before the town. Roberts knew the signal, and, being an utter enemy to them, he bent his thoughts upon mischief, and accordingly came in with his jack flying, which, as he expected, they mistook for a good market, and thought themselves happiest that could soonest dispatch off their sloops and vessels for trade. When Roberts had got them within his power, one after another, he told them he would not have it said that they came off for nothing, and therefore ordered them to leave their money behind, for that they were a parcel of rogues, and hoped they would always meet with such a Dutch trade as this was. He reserved one vessel to set the passengers on shore again, and fired the rest to the number of twenty. Roberts was so enraged at the attempts that had been made for taking of him, by the governors of Barbados and Martinique, that he ordered a new jack to be made, which they ever after hoisted, with his own figure portrayed, standing upon two skulls, and under them the letters A-B-H and A-M-H, signifying a Barbadian's and Martinican's head, as may be seen in the plate of Captain Roberts. 
at dominico the next island they touched at they took a dutch interloper of twenty-two guns and seventy-five men and a brigantine belonging to rhode island one norton master the former made some defence till some of his men being killed the rest were discouraged and struck their colours with these two prizes they went down to guadeloupe and brought out a sloop and a french flyboat laden with sugar the sloop they burnt and went on to Mune, another island thinking to clean but finding the sea ran too high there to undertake it with safety they bent their course for the north part of hispaniola where at bennett's kev in the gulf of samina they cleaned both the ship and the brigantine for though hispaniola be settled by the spaniard and french and is the residence of a president from spain who receives and finally determines appeals from all the other spanish west india islands yet is its people by no means proportioned to its magnitude so that there are many harbours in it to which pirates may securely resort without fear of discovery from the inhabitants whilst they were here two sloops came in as they pretended to pay roberts a visit the masters whose names were porter and tuckerman addressed the pirate as the queen of sheba did solomon to wit that having heard of his fame and achievements they had put in there to learn his art and wisdom in the business of pirating being vessels on the same honourable design with himself and hoped with the communication of his knowledge they should also receive his charity being in want of necessaries for such adventures roberts was won upon by the peculiarity and bluntness of these two men and gave them powder arms and whatever else they had occasion for spent two or three merry nights with them and at parting said he hoped the lord would would prosper their handy works they passed some time here after they had got their vessel ready in their usual debaucheries and had taken a considerable quantity of rum and sugar so that liquor was as plenty as water and few there were who denied themselves the immoderate use of it nay sobriety brought a man under a suspicion of being in a plot against the commonwealth and in their sense he was looked upon to be a villain that would not be drunk this was evident in the affair of harry glasby chosen master of the royal fortune who with two others laid hold of the opportunity at the last island they were at to move off without bidding farewell to his friends glasby was a reserved sober man and therefore gave occasion to be suspected so that he was soon missed after he went away and a detachment being sent in quest of the deserters they were all three brought back again the next day this was a capital offence and for which they were ordered to be brought to an immediate trial here was the form of justice kept up which is as much as can be said of several other courts that have more lawful commissions for what they do here was no feeing of counsel and bribing of witnesses was a custom not known among them no packing of juries no torturing and resting the sense of the law for by ends and purposes no puzzling or perplexing the cause with unintelligible counting terms and useless distinctions nor was their sessions burthened with numberless officers the ministers of rapine and extortion with ill-boding aspects enough to fright a trial from the court the place appointed for their trials was the steerage of the ship in order to which a large bowl of rum punch was made and placed upon the table the pipes and tobacco being ready the judicial proceedings began the prisoners were brought forth and articles of indictment against them read they were arraigned upon a statute of their own making and the letter of the law being strong against them and the fact plainly proved they were about to pronounce sentence when one of the judges moved 
that they should first smoke to the pipe, which was accordingly done. All the prisoners pleaded for arrest of judgment very movingly, but the court had such an abhorrence of their crime that they could not be prevailed upon to show mercy till one of the judges, whose name was Valentine Ashplant, stood up and, taking his pipe out of his mouth, said he had something to offer to the court on behalf of one of the prisoners, and spoke to this effect. "'By God! Glasby shall not die. Damn me if he shall!' After this learned speech, he sat down in his place and resumed his pipe. This motion was loudly opposed by all the rest of the judges in equivalent terms, but Ashplant, who was resolute in his opinion, made another pathetical speech in the following manner. "'God damn ye, gentlemen! I am as good a man as the best of you!' 